Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Final hour with you here this Monday evening. The evening. Of live coverage, the NFL scouting combine. Number of members from the national media already there in Indianapolis. Bunch of folks here from the Chicago media there on the scene as well. One of those individuals, one of my favorite people to talk to about your Chicago Bears, my guy Patrick Finley. He is of the Chicago Sun Times. He is on Twitter at Patrick Finley, and he, just as all guests do, he joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Patrick, what's happening, man? How you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm staring at the uh, state capitol building, and it's like 65 degrees here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave a little shout-out to global warming a bit earlier in the show. It is an, an odd time to have weather as luscious as this, but I, I guess if there's anything to take from it, might as well enjoy it because we can't do much about it at this point. But the uh, things will be heating up uh, there at Lucas Oil Stadium throughout the week here, but we will hear from some of the Bears brass. You will be there in person to discuss things with them. So uh, second year in a row that the Bears have the number one overall pick, but now you do have a starting quarterback who's viewed as a commodity and as a potential trade chip. So how either similar or how different is the position that Ryan Poles finds himself in this season versus last? It's both. It's similar because Ryan Poles is the bell of the ball again. He's the person that other GMs are going to want to talk to all week here, and it's different because Ryan Poles 
is probably going to use his draft pick. Last year, I think we were all pretty convinced going into the thing that he was going to try and trade it and see what he had in Justin Fields and, uh, you know, get the best deal he could. That happened five days after the end of the combine when he agreed to a deal with the Panthers. That's not coincidental. I think he's going to be on a fact-finding mission this week as well. Uh, my suspicion is that it will be what will teams give up for Justin Fields. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the Bears will hear offers on both the number one overall pick and Justin. I, I'd be curious to see if anybody makes them a godfather offer for number one in Caleb Williams. But I think by far the more likely outcome here is he shops Justin, uh, you know, in the hallways and in the you know, luxury boxes uh, of Lucas Oil Stadium and uh, maybe makes a decision next week. Now, Caleb Williams won't throw in Indianapolis, but like many of the, the prospects, the, the anticipation is that there will at least be an opportunity to meet with him in person and, and start to, to do some of that legwork. It, it seems to me that that's probably even more important, and Ryan Poles kind of highlighted that when he addressed you guys last time a few weeks back. Evaluating the person, what do you think the, just the chemical makeup of the Bears' locker room, is, is there any stretch here now that we're a few years into Poles sort of building this this lineup, this roster in his image, you know, like you know, passing on Carter last year and, and seemingly mm-hmm. some concerns there for, for what a prospect like that could do to a young, impressionable football team. Do you feel like the whatever off-field concerns there are for Caleb Williams, is that more diminished for where the Bears roster is at in its development? Yeah, I mean, it's also the fact that he's a quarterback, so there's always going to be more of a uh, microscope put on him you know, with Carter last year at Georgia, I went to his pro day and I saw just the absolute disaster that, that was his pro day. And, and Ryan Pulse was there too. And, you know, I, I think if you believed in him, uh, you know, you could probably take a chance on a defensive tackle if you had questions about his makeup. I don't think you can on a quarterback. I think you need to believe that he is the person who can lead your team. And, you know, in that regard, Justin has always been, you know, pretty solid. I, you know, you've never had any complaints about Justin's care factor, about his work ethic, about his ability to compete with his teammates, and that is a credit to him. Now, the fact is, you know, the production isn't what it needs to be in, in the past game, and they believe, I be, well, I think that with Caleb Williams, the production would get better. So part of it is they need to get to know who he is, both by talking to him this week and also by talking to all these people that he dealt with, both at Oklahoma and at USC. Uh, you know, and the other part of it is they need to make sure that there are no red flags that pop up. I mean, at this time last year, you know, Jalen Carter, we all thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft. And then some pretty important news broke during uh, the combine. Uh, I'm not saying that that's around the corner with Caleb. I don't believe it is. But uh, I think that Poles has to lean on his experience last year. And, you know, you got to make sure that, that you know everything you can about the guy off the field if you're going to invest in him on the field. So I, I shudder at the thought of, of comping real life with the movie Draft Day. But, but there are some <laughs> parallels here, man, where Bo Callahan was supposed to be the presumed number one pick and Kevin Costner's asking about why no teammates were at the birthday party and all this kind of stuff. And then he passes on him, drafts some guy from Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best player in this draft here. Is, is there a presumable world? Is there anywhere in a multiverse where Ryan Poles – would pass on a QB if he just didn't didn't love the intangible, some of the off-field with Caleb Williams? I think if you combine that with a godfather offer that's got the Bears 
multiple first round picks going forward, uh, maybe multiple second round picks going forward, and maybe the ability to draft uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the top three. I, I think that would be the formula if there is one. Uh, I don't believe that's the direction this is going to go, but you know we'll see. You know maybe there's a team desperate enough to throw everything they can uh, at the number one pick. You know uh, the Commanders have. A new owner, and as you know, new owners always like to make a splash. They have a new general manager, and Caleb Williams just happened to have grown up in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. Uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, is, you know, would they be a team that would throw a godfather offer at you there? Uh, you know, how about the Falcons? How about the Patriots? Uh, you know, there are a handful of teams that, you know, you can make a case for, okay, if you back up that Brinks truck and give us everything we want, maybe we'd think about it. I don't think that's the way it's going to go. Uh, because I think that, you know, no matter how well you build your team, you need a quarterback. You really do. And, you know, the Lions might be as good as you can get without having a quarterback that you could rely on in the fourth quarter of a championship game or of the Super Bowl. And uh, we saw how that turned out, I'm, I'm afraid to say. So uh, I, I think they'll leap at, at Caleb Williams, but, you know, this week will feature a lot of conversations about all the options they have. And boy, do they have a number of them controlling the draft for the second year in a row. Like you referenced, my guest, Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. He is my guest on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. And you can find him on social at Patrick Finley. Now, having multiple picks in the top ten, I mean, the, the number one overall pick, especially in the QB which draft, that's a strong position to be in. But not only do the Bears have the Panthers pick, they've got their own pick, which also ended up being in the top ten as well here. What do you think is feasible for how far down the Bears would potentially be willing to move? Like, let's live in a world where they take a QB, but they could still potentially trade out of the top ten. If you already get a blue-chip prospect at number one overall, do you see a world where Ryan Poles, has his resume told us up to this point, he would be willing to move out of the top ten and and accumulate more draft capital in that way? I I think it depends how many quarterbacks go in the top eight, probably. You know, if somebody leaps at J.J. McCarthy uh, and makes him a top eight pick, if somebody believes Jim Harbaugh's claim that he's the greatest quarterback in the history of Michigan football and decides that they want to use a top eight pick on him. Yeah. I mean, there are going to be a lot of guys left there at number nine and presumably at 10, 11, 12, 13, however far back the bears want to go. I, I do think if they use the number one pick on a quarterback, they'll be incentivized to trade back. You know, right now as we sit here, they don't have a second round pick. And boy, you'd like one, wouldn't you? Mm. <laughs> that would be, uh, that would be uh, a great way to recoup uh, some of the resources you gave up for Montez Sweat. Uh, you know, if, if quarterbacks go quickly high, I mean, the Bears now are looking at, you know, they're going to need, you know, one of three positions, I believe. I think it's going to be a wide receiver. I think it's going to be an edge rusher. And I think it's going to be a left tackle. Now, you know, we could sit there and go through the names, but I think there are two or three receivers who fit that bill. I think there are two tackles that fit that bill. And I think there's at least one edge rusher there. So you do the math there, add that to, uh, four quarterbacks being taken, and you know maybe the Bears believe that they can get one of their guys by moving back. If not, I think they're in a pretty good position. You know there there are years where having the number nine pick would be a huge deal, and that we'd talk that to that during the offseason. As it is right now, it's the second most important thing the Bears have going, and, and it's still a pretty good deal. I, I think in that order, you know, receiver, O line, edge rusher. I, I think that's where the Bears are going to look at that spot. You got a chance to go and view Shane Waldron in person. He, the, all the new Bears coaches, 
were able to address the media. Certainly, new new Bears coordinators. You got the new look, Matt Eberflus, out there as well. But specific to Waldron, what were your what were your impressions? I know expectations couldn't have been that high for any breaking news that would come, and so that did not come. But just the first opportunity in person to see the new Bears OC, what stood out? Well, I want to ask you first: What do you think of Matt Eberflus with the beard? Oh, I love it, man. I think he looks good. I think it makes him look a little more surly, a little, a little more confident. You know, it's almost like the, the alter ego of Matt Eberflus now with the beard and with the, the kind of more slick fade going in the hair. I like the look. <laughs> Evil Eberflus. I like that. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, I think he's probably lost 10 or 15 pounds, too, since the end of the season. Uh, you know, either that or the, or the beard is doing some really good work. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I, you know, Shane Waldron, the, the takeaway is that Shane Waldron wouldn't tip his hand one way or the other. He did not say the word Justin, and he did not say the word Caleb at all when asked directly about both Justin and Caleb. So I think I wrote this in the paper, but, you know, if he's as disciplined uh, in his play calling as he is in his press conferences, the Bears are going to be really happy with him. Um, and I can tell you this, though. Uh, having somebody with coordinator experience is really important here. Uh, I think there were times with Luke Getty where uh, the Bears wished that he had had more experience in, in uh, you know, you know this. You know, watching the first, you know, 15 scripted plays or however many there were, you know, the Bears were usually pretty good. You know, Getty could game plan, you know, early, and, and I think he had trouble pivoting uh, and countering uh, what defenses would do. I, I think that experience uh, at offensive coordinator would have helped him do better in that position, and I think the Bears are counting on that. With Shane Waldron, um, now you know he can sit there and say that his offense works great for whichever quarterback he's got, and. Maybe he believes that, but you know, I think that you know the Bears know that they need a better passing attack, regardless of who's there. I think you know when he talks about being excited and the Bears being in a rare position, I, I think you know the rare position is having the two draft picks that they could use, you know, at one and nine, both on an offensive player. And how often you know does that ever happen in the NFL? So I, I can see why he's excited there. Um, you know, I, I think his. I think he's a, he's a really nice piece for them. I think there was some thought uh, when they decided to fire Luke Getty that this wouldn't be a coveted job. And I always pushed back against that because I thought that if he had a chance to develop Caleb Williams, of course it would be a good job. And I think the ability to hire Shane Waldron, uh, who was probably the most uh, among the most established and productive guys that they interviewed, I think the ability to land him shows you right there uh, the value of, both of those draft picks, particularly if you end up with the number one pick in, in uh, Caleb Blanks. Matt Eberflus also told you guys he, he does plan to continue calling the, the defenses, at least for the, the time being here. So how do you see that defensive structure with Eberflus, head coach slash defensive signal caller? Is that, is that still going to end up being a successful sort of combination for him to take on? And I think I think so. You know, they really took off once he started calling plays, and and you know, you of course could tie that uh, to Montez Sweat and and his uh, acquisition. You can tie that to Jalen Johnson putting together the best year of his career in a walk year. Uh, although I believe they'll get him the franchise tag here in the next week. Uh, but you know, there's there's no ch- there's no need to change what was working. And you know, you could point out you know the you know the Bears defense this year was something that it worked not only the best of any aspect of their team, but probably the best of any aspect of their team for the last, what, six years, something like that? Has there been an aspect of the Bears that's been better than what they just showed in defense uh, since, you know, Vic Fangio in 2017? Right. I mean, that's a long time ago. So I, I like 
the fact that they're not going to change anything more, you know, and I like to point this out, you know, Matt Eberflus is better at the thing that he came in as an expert at than Matt Nagy ever was. You know, it's not like we looked at the Bears offense when Nagy was calling plays and went, oh, that's why they hired him, you know. <laughs> uh, but with Eberflus, you actually saw that this year, especially in the second half. You sit and go, oh, I see why you would bring in somebody to run this defense. Uh, it's <laughs> It's, you know, all the circumstances that had to happen to get him to call plays, that's a completely different conversation and probably a different show. But the fact that, uh, that he was able to take over and be as good as he was, I mean, that's something that Matt Nagy can never say about this side of the match. Yeah, Matt Nagy benefited quite a bit from the aforementioned Vic Fangio in that 2018 season with the Bears defense was the best in football that particular year. We'll see whether or not Shane Waldron can maybe have a, a similar impact for Flus in this coming year. Um, I, I don't know if it, if Kevin Warren is is expected to be in Indianapolis. Is all the conversation with the White Sox and the potential stadium and what the Bears are doing? Is it Arlington Heights? Is it anything else? Do you anticipate any stadium news? Is that anything you've got your eyes open for this week in Indy? I don't think from the combine, no. Um, and let, you know, if Kevin shows up, I'd be surprised. But you know, you never know. The way this has been going in, in Arlington Heights with the hearings they've had and some of the decisions they've had, it feels like this is getting closer and closer to a resolution. You know, I think Kevin Warren, uh, when he started last April, said he thought it'd be about a year, but they did something out, and we're getting pretty close to that. So uh, I don't think we're going to get one here. That might be the only piece of Bears gossip we don't find out this week, uh, but you never know. And Jalen Johnson, you kind of referenced the potential for the franchise tag there. Do, do you have the sense that they're just sort of operating in silence with whatever level of negotiating is taking place here or that talks have perhaps even stalled and we're just going to end up with the franchise tag and see what the next move is from there. Ryan Paul said this at the end of the year. He said Jalen's not going anywhere. So I interpret that as uh, they're going to use the franchise tag on him unless they can come up with an extension between now and I believe a week from tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get a deal done. You know, in theory, they've had a year to figure this out, and they haven't been able to. And, you know, all Jalen did was drive up his price. Jalen was really good. Now I think has every right to try to be, uh, if not the highest-paid cornerback in football, at least one of the highest-paid cornerbacks in football. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm sure that's on Ryan's list of things to do this week. But I'll be really interested tomorrow to see whether he just reaffirms the fact that, you know, one way or the other, Jalen's going to be in a Bears uniform in 2024. To me, that's a no-brainer. You know, I think he's worth the $18 million or so that you'd have to give him on that one-year franchise tag. Well, I'm not sure how extreme of a carnivore you are, but I've heard there's a good steak or two available in Indy, so I hope you will enjoy <laughs> all your dining experiences while you're there, Pat. <laughs> Later in the week, also, there is a really good Mexican restaurant here in the back of a Mexican grocery store. Oh, so, boy. Uh, that is, that's, yeah, that's the... That's something I discovered last year, and uh, I'll go back there uh, at some point this week, probably for lunch. But, yeah, uh, no shortage of uh, steakhouses and places to see and be seen in Indianapolis this week. Well, I'm I'm guessing from your time out on the left coast that you have high standards for your Mexican food. So I'm assuming that you – yeah. I'm kind of a snob about it. So, yes, (laughs) believe me, I did not want – I did not want to like the Indianapolis back of the grocery store Mexican restaurant, but it's really, really good. So uh, I'm excited to go back. Oh, okay. A recommendation like that. I got to make sure I hit it up next time I go to Indy as well. <laughs> Appreciate your time, man. Have a great week, Patrick. Hey, you too. Thank you.
That is Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times on social at Patrick Finley, our guest here on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline. I'm going to get to some court storming here in a moment because that was a topic that came up over the weekend. We haven't had a chance to, to dive into deep detail about it yet. But when we return, since we've been talking Bears, I do want to get to my, my opinion on Shane Waldron and the position that he finds himself in as Bears offensive coordinator and, and one aspect of his upcoming job that to me is most important for what he's going to have to do regardless of whomever the quarterback will be behind center for the Bears next season. So we'll continue with the Bears conversation and talk some court storming in just a few minutes as we close out the final hour. I'm here with you on this Monday evening edition. I'm Anthony Heron. This is The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of car Cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back live with more Anthony Herrick on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I mentioned the film Draft Day. I got to say, I'm I'm really kind of a cinema snob. Uh, certainly a cinephile. My, my wife and I love going to movies. It's become a bit of a bit in my Bernstein and Holmes appearances. You've probably heard me complaining about this actor or that actor, this film or that film. So, I mean, the movie Draft Day is not a cinematic masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. But the sport of football, even even in the way that it's depicted in the film Draft Day, because there's very limited on-screen football action that happens. You know, you have the linebacker, Vontae Mack. There's like a scene or two of him sacking a quarterback or whatever, but... On the whole, football is the most difficult sport to choreograph. But beyond that, 
draft day just as a movie is is fairly cheesy. It's fairly Disneyized, you know, just for for what what they're trying to accomplish. But I respect the fact that they whatever level of money was necessary, they paid to use real NFL footage, use the real team names from the National Football League, and did at least try to take you a bit inside of some of the back and forth that happens when teams are trying to make trades and transactions, when, you know, uh, especially on the day of the draft itself as teams are maneuvering up and down and you know how they try to dig into it. I was talking at the top of the show, some of the things, even for me, who ended up being an undrafted free agent, the highest I was ever regarded was as a mid-round pick. You know, folks thinking I was maybe going to be a fourth, fifth-round pick at certain points coming out of my junior year and into my senior season. And even at that level of prospect, the amount of information, the amount of research and investigation that goes into this. I mean, scary things, frankly, that myself and my parents, you know, just get things in the mail with folks who've dug into my background. And so, yes, there is a a deep level level of investigation that goes into these things with talking to, you know, position coaches and coordinators and head coaches and strength coaches and, you know, personnel who are around you and having investigators digging into things, looking into your background with this and that. It's kind of frightening, frankly, for the amount, the depth of of information that they find, and especially for the prospects who are viewed at the top of the draft. And that's where I do respect how how the film Draft Day at least tried to depict that aspect of it as well to to give you in whatever way Hollywood can really try to do, but to give you, you know, a level of depth of, of information for how they go about the process of determining whether or not a prospect, especially someone who's going to be viewed as the top prospect in a draft cycle, like the quarterback from Wisconsin, Bo Callahan, was in the film Draft Day, and the the thought that goes into that, because when you're investing in the top pick in the draft, especially when it's a QB, it's not only about the tangible, it is also about the the mental acumen, the the maturity that's necessary to to be the face of a franchise with all the scrutiny that's there in the National Football League. So I thought Draft Day at least tried to give you a look at some of those things and not just sort of the cursory aspect of this guy's got a really strong arm and he's going to be the greatest of all time. They, they tried to take you a bit beyond that. So I appreciated that aspect of it. So that's where, as they kind of went into in the film as well, that's where an offensive-minded coach, now, Eberflus, of course, a defensive-minded head coach, but Shane Waldron comes in to take over this Bears offense. He will be tasked with potentially, nay, likely, coaching Caleb Williams. If the Bears do end up drafting Caleb Williams with the number one overall pick, the physical attributes he brings to the table are, are fairly exceptional. Imperfect, incomplete, but they should be incomplete because – He's played three years of college football. Uh, frankly, played two years of college football, really. You know, was a backup for part of his freshman season at Oklahoma. Started some games in, in that freshman season. Then started for full, you know, two essentially full seasons at USC. And, and was really impressive in both. Of course, won the Heisman in 2022. But where Shane Waldron will, will have his hands full with whomever is the quarterback, the main task that he's going to have to accomplish. And it's a, it's a part of what you've heard even as they've talked about the, the interviews that they've gone through and what they find important. As they addressed the media the other day, they talked a lot about being malleable, about being able to, you know, to adjust on the fly and craft 
the offense in a way that suits the personnel. The big bugaboo for Luke Getze throughout his time here, the big, big bugaboo for Matt Nagy during his time as the Bears head coach and offensive play caller. Shane Waldron now will come in and have that potential. But as it, as it relates specifically to Caleb Williams, and this goes with a, a number of folks who I've talked to about him, and I will continue to have more and more discussions uh, with folks on the air and off, frankly, about Caleb Williams, just in trying to make sure I'm as complete as I can be in my evaluation of what he is as a prospect and, and what I think he'll have the potential to become. I believe Shane Waldron will have to continue to evolve in his coaching style if we presume that he's going to end up coaching Caleb Williams as Bears quarterback. Because beyond the schemes themselves that Shane Waldron will call, beyond the overall offensive system that he'll put into place, my impression, at least at the moment, that he'll have to do is to make sure that Caleb Williams is, is kept as, as on task and, and that Shane Waldron, as his offensive coordinator and coach, will have to be as detailed as possible and as demanding that his quarterback is detailed and on task in a consistent way, more so than my understanding of and more so than what I've been told about Shane Waldron as offensive coordinator and, and in some ways as taskmaster. He, he is a, a player's coach. He is a bit of a soft-spoken guy. So beyond just the offensive mind that he brings to the table, if there is a concern with Caleb Williams off the field, it is whether or not, and we played this a bit, you had Robbie uh, go into some of that, that Merrill Hodge sound. And some of the things that, that make Caleb special as far as an, an improvisational talent, the ability to go beyond the X's and O's, and it, pretty frequently the desire to go beyond the X's and O's and execute a play differently than it's actually been called. There's been one player in the history of the sport, as far as I can tell, that consistently does that as a passer and is able to do it at a high level, and is able to do it with championship results. That just happens to be the guy residing in Kansas City with the Chiefs. That's Patrick Mahomes. So whether or not Caleb is Patrick Mahomes is sort of one question to sit to the side. But executing quarterback outside the framework of the play design, that's kind of like the Steph Curry shooting you know, 35 and 40-foot three-pointers with regularity and doing that with success and just sort of changing the arc of what we view as a good shot in basketball. Patrick Mahomes has done that to the quarterback position, but he's one of one when it comes to actually executing that as a passer in a consistent way like he does. But he also is able to execute the position, as we saw this past season, in in frame within the X's and O's of the play design as well. For Caleb Williams, he will benefit from a coach. And my impression right now, from what I've heard about Shane Waldron, he is not necessarily the coach who is as demanding day in, day out, meeting in, meeting out of the details that his quarterback will have to play the position with and making sure that his players, his quarterback, his offensive guys are as on task as consistently being demanding of them as what a player like Caleb Williams will need. And so that, my impression at least as we sit here February 26th, is that Caleb Williams will benefit from a coach who is extremely demanding of him being detailed. And frankly, Caleb Williams didn't have that in Lincoln Riley throughout much of his time in college and then in even adding Cliff Kingsbury into the mix 
neither one of those guys is necessarily viewed as a taskmaster type of coach, a guy who really hones in and is demanding of the details in every moment. That, to me, showed in the style of play from Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is at fault for some of that. His coaches are also at fault for some of that as well. So Caleb Williams in the NFL, I believe, will benefit from a coach who will be demanding of the details that he executes the position with. That, to me, is a part of what will fall on Shane Waldron and on Matt Eberflus in a season that will be extremely important for Matt Eberflus in the evaluation and the the frankly, just the moving forward and keeping his job. This is a big year for Matt Eberflus. It's a prove-it season in his third year in Chicago, third straight coach who's not going to have a rookie quarterback in a year where his job will effectively be viewed as being on the line. So Eberflus and Waldron will have to make sure they are staying on task and keeping Caleb Williams, if that's the direction the Bears go in there, they're going to be digging into this thing this week. I don't, I don't want to frame this as though a final decision has been made here, but it, that's certainly the direction that all things are leaning but as, as they evaluate Williams, as they evaluate what suits the Bears, part of what they also need to evaluate is just internally, how do they put Caleb Williams in the best position for success? How do they teach him? How do they coach him to get the most out of him, frankly? And it may have to be to get the most out of him early in his career. If you draft a guy number one overall, he is likely going to be your day one starter. How do you get the most out of him? What do you do to actually teach him and develop him at the highest level? So there's going to be some demands made on Shane Waldron, in my opinion, from everything I've heard about him, for him to continue evolving in his teaching style and how demanding he is of his quarterbacks and of his offensive players in general. If he can do that, then there certainly there should be plenty of talent on this Bears offense and on this Bears team to do big things with a player as talented as Caleb Williams seems to be. So I'm not concerned with the fact that Williams won't be throwing in Indianapolis this week, but this will be a big step in the Bears evaluating him and, and gaining that additional comfort with taking him number one overall in this coming draft. There was a big storyline with uh, one of the Duke stars on the college basketball court over the weekend. I want to make sure we get to that because I've you know, been addressing this for, for a couple of days now on various platforms, and I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a stance that I've been evolving on over the years, and I wonder if you've been evolving on it as well. It, it does relate to this court storming that takes place. It takes place in college, but not in the pros. I, I'll, I'll explain why as I get ready to close things out here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Duke down by four on the Edmonton pit, and the party is on in Winston-Salem. 
Filipowski is being helped off by members of the Duke staff, and you saw the immediate bear hug surrounding him as this court storming is in full effect with Filipowski hobbled. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Now, you tend to see this in college athletics. You probably watched it play out a number of times when your favorite college football team pulled off a major upset, or perhaps if you're like Lawrence Holmes and you support the uh, the evil empire, the, the big bad boys who, who are the ones who, if they happen to lose a game in a road environment, they're the ones with the, the field that gets stormed against them or the court may get stormed against them. But you see field storms and court storms from fan bases all throughout college sports. You see it mainly in football and basketball. You don't see it in pro sports. The, the most recent incident here that, that garnered a lot of attention was over the weekend, Duke loses on the road to Wake Forest, and the Wake Forest fans stormed the court. It was a hotly contested game, came down to the final moments, and Duke's a top 10 program here, as Duke tends to be, of course, their center, Kyle Filipowski, seven-footer. He's their leading scorer and rebounder. And as the Wake Forest fans storm the court after upsetting Duke, Kyle Filipowski collides with a fan. Now, there's various camera angles you can look at. It tends to be the case when a major program's on TV that, you know, you could make the case, and some have certainly on social media, that maybe Kyle Filipowski is the one who initiated some of that contact. Now, I've been in these scenarios scenarios before as a as a player, as a coach, when you got a bunch of bunch of randos running onto the field at the at the end of a game. People who, by rule, aren't supposed to be there, don't belong there. You got fans as they're storming the field. Now, when you're the home team and it's your fans storming the field, these are great images. I've been talking about this on, on Big Ten Radio for weeks now because we, as we saw Ohio State. In women's basketball, Ohio State upset Iowa in Columbus. And, you know, Caitlin Clark's on national television, NBC. It's got a, a big, big viewership, and everybody's tuned in. It's a huge game for Buckeyes women's basketball. They come back in the fourth quarter. They beat Iowa. So their fans storm the court, and there's a fan, some girl running onto the court in Columbus, looking up at her cell phone as she's running onto the, the basketball court. She collides with Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark goes tumbling to the ground, has to be helped off the court. Earlier in the season, Purdue coach, Matt Painter. Now, he's got the National Player of the Year, likely would be the two-time National Player of the Year, his center, Zach Eady. Nebraska upset Purdue earlier in the season. And Matt Painter made the, the point after that game. And there was no incident in that particular game, but Matt Painter talked to the assembled media afterwards and made the point saying that someone's going to get hurt. Every time Purdue loses on the road, because they've been a team that's ranked in the top five, top ten pretty consistently in recent years here, whenever they lose on the road, people storm the court. Last three years, his freshman, sophomore, and juniors have never lost a road game without someone storming the court. And these can be very uncomfortable, very, in some ways, dangerous environments for the road team to be in because – you get, as was the case with Kyle Filipowski, you get some young idiot. And yes, doesn't mean that the, the guy is Jack the Ripper. Doesn't mean that, uh, you know, he's a horrible human being. But he's a young idiot running onto the court. 
who's getting up into the face of someone from the opposing team because he kind of wants his moment. He's got his phone out. He's trying to get in the face of the, the Blue Devil player, the star from the other team. Yeah, my squad just upset you. So as he's running in to get in the face of Kyle Filipowski, Filipowski basically kind of uses upper and lower body to basically kind of knock the guy away from him a little bit. Leg gets tangled up, and he has to – he limps and gets helped off the court. It's a very dangerous scenario for the athletes, for the coaches to end up being in. Now, in years past, Nick Saban, years ago, probably you know, within the past decade, there, there were times because Alabama football and Nick Saban, pretty much similar situation like I just described with Purdue, whenever the Tide would lose a game on the road, folks are storming the field because you just took down Alabama. You can look it up. You can web search it online various times where Nick Saban is surrounded by collective security rushing off the field. And I mean, like a Mack truck, Saban security, just barreling through fans, you know, tiny little females is getting dump trucked by Saban security as Alabama's running off the field in an away environment. These are dangerous occurrences here. So I, I'm still, I, I do, I admittedly love the images because they're, they're sort of ingrained in my DNA for how passionate I am about college sports, how much I love the idea of a team achieving something great, a home team who wasn't expected to beat this great away opponent, and you have that happen. And not only you as the, the combatants, the competitors out there who've made this thing happen, but then your home fans, your home crowd who've been there and have likely been a part of the reason that you were able to pull that off. And so they want to come out here and participate in it too and feel that moment with you. And there's these amazing moments that we catch, capture visually and, and you, you see these things that get aggregated on social media. It looks great. It feels amazing. Yet and still, it does feel like now we are seeing more of these moments where as fans are running onto the court, maybe it's because people are looking up into their cell phone instead or part of it is likely you know just going through multiple levels of factors where folks are just more willing to be jerks about it than what may have been the case back in the day. And they feel like, I, I got to get my you know, kind of my proverbial pound of flesh where I'm going to try to get into the face of Nick Saban or I'm going to try to run up on that Alabama linebacker and just see if I can have a quick moment as, a, as I run by and sneak one, sneak one in on somebody. Whatever the motivation is for the fans running onto the court in these moments, you would hope that the motivation would be more so, I just want to go out here and enjoy this celebratory opportunity with the team that I root for as opposed to going out here and try to get in the face of the away team player and see if I can actually do something that's either disrespectful or perhaps even dangerous to them. You see this happen frequently in college. You don't see it in pro sports. You don't see people storming the field at an NFL stadium. There's a couple of reasons why. One, the confines are different. Like at Kinnick Stadium where I played college football, you can literally reach out and touch the players on each sideline because the stands, the, the bleachers, the benches are so close to everything that happens there beyond it. NFL stadiums is far more separation between the bench area and the fans. But then also, they arrest people. When you go trying to storm the field at a pro sporting event, whether it's the NBA or the NFL, you do that, you're going to end up in jail. They don't do that in college sports. You also, you rush a pro sports venue, you're getting expelled for life. You can never return there again. Again, they don't do that at college venues. I've been talking about this on Big Ten Radio. If they wanted to put a stop to it in college sports, they could. My sensibilities on it are evolving a little bit. 
because I, I do I love the images and the idea associated with storming the court in a big moment, while the safety of the athletes, of the coaches from the away team, trying to get them off the court. That, that is, uh, I'm starting to become more sensitive to that because some of these incidents are creeping in and cropping up more and more. It's unfortunate. But hopefully we won't continue to see this play out and we don't get to the point where someone does truly get hurt. My thanks to the guests who joined me throughout the show tonight. My guy Lou Canellis, Ben Verlander, and Patrick Finley were with me throughout the evening. Robbie Triano on the ones and twos. Appreciate here, so salutations. I appreciate you, Robbie, and all of you who have joined in and listened in to my time here with you on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.